Welcome once again, week two, Church Defined, a three-week series we're doing. Before we get into week two, uh, I want to highlight and just kind of honor and celebrate all that God did at our marriage night on Friday night. Man, if you were here, you know, it was a great time. Pastor John Evans and uh, Sarah Pope and the team, everybody that organized and led that, just thank you so much. It was an amazing night. I don't know if you heard some of the rumors at marriage night. Catch this. Only at Action Church can we have a marriage night and have a couple get engaged. A couple that was serving got engaged, and then we had a wedding ceremony at marriage night. And so only, just breaking all the rules. It's really against the name of the evening for somebody to be able to get engaged, because you, you get it, you had to be engaged or married to come, and then somebody got married there. Won't he do it? Just an amazing time at marriage night. Week two, church defined. Week one, we talked about the church is a, a gathering. And we use the, the Greek word that Jesus used when he says in Matthew's gospel, I will build my church. How many of you know we should want to be a part of what Jesus said I will build, like I am going to do? If he's doing it, I want to be on that team. Uh, I want to be in, in that group. I want to be a part of that movement. He used the word ekklesia in the Greek, which was a calling out from their homes of citizens to gather for a specific Purpose. So we talked about last week, the church is so much more than an institution. The church is so much more than a place to go. It's really a, a bad definition of the church. The church is a gathering of believers. It is, a, it is a movement that what Jesus is building, I am building my ecclesia, I am building my, my gathering, my, my movement, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. A church gathered. Today, I want to talk about a church mobilized, a church Mobilize. What we're going to talk about is that, that God is, is building a, a team. It's the, the body of Christ. It's the local church. It's really the, the Lord's army, if you will, because we have a, a real enemy. So we have a position to play in the body. We have a position to fulfill in this army that I believe that, that God is mobilizing in this season of, of Action Church. Speaking of positions, I found this uh, uh, funny game or kind of uh, scenario that people are playing right now. Maybe you've heard of, you heard of start, bench, cut. You start, you bench, and you cut something. Maybe NBA players, uh, NFL players, college players, or even some of your favorite brands. And so I want to have a little fun today in church. How many want to have some fun in church today? Some of you are like, no, I do not want to have any fun in church. I've the more miserable it is, the more religious I feel. I get to check this off my box, make it really boring, make it really hurt, so I feel really, really good about myself. This is the wrong church for you. And so we're gonna have some fun. Start, bench, and cut. Some of you did not grow up playing sports, and so maybe you don't get this concept. It's very simple. You start something like it plays in the game. You bench something like it's gonna take a little breather. It's kind of second best. And then if you cut it, it's out of your life. The first one is to social media. Start, bench, cut. And what you think about these, discuss with your with your neighbor, with your family member, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You got to start one, you got to bench one, and you got to cut one. Well, I probably would cut, would cut TikTok because I don't know what it is. Like, I thought we were playing, I thought Tic-Tac-Toe was making a comeback when I first heard about it. Then I was at Bentley, one of Bentley soccer practices, a couple hours long, uh, and, uh, and I was watching this, this middle school girl dance in an open field for a couple hours, and, she, and I didn't, she had her phone set up on a tripod. I was like, what is happening right now? And so I told me she's making a TikTok, and I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. Stephanie had the privilege of being on Action Students TikTok last year. It was amazing. I think it's the second most viewed one, not a big deal. Pastor Joseph won. How is that possible? If I don't know what TikTok is, he definitely doesn't know what TikTok is. So here's the next one. This may be painful for some of you. I'm so sorry I wrote this message before, uh, before yesterday. Start, bench, cut, UCF football, Gators football, Seminoles football. Oh, 
Again, I wrote this yesterday, I'm sorry. Just got start, bench, cut. You, you discuss, I'm not, don't, don't, don't declare out loud. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell us where you are, just you think about it. Start, bench, cut, here we go. What about this, Popeyes, Chick-fil-A, or Zaxby's? That's a tough one for me. If it's, if it's consistency, I've got I've to start Chick-fil-A, but I don't know that I can go my whole life without Popeyes. I don't, I don't, I don't want to live in a world where I can't go to Popeyes chicken. Just something southern from Alabama, it's just something, I just some fried chicken. Come on. And you got you to at least bench Chick-fil-A on Sunday. And so, you know what I mean? So you got you to have, have some options. Go theme parks for a second. This one could be uh, easier for some. Start, bench, cut, Disney, Universal, SeaWorld. I feel like SeaWorld gets cut, but it could sneak in there just for, just because it's affordable. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, you got a ball on a budget. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I may need to keep SeaWorld in there because I can get there for about $39.99 for like seven years right now. So <laughs> here's the last one. Starbucks, Duncan, or, or Foxtail. Like a, like a, like a, like a Foxtail's pretty good. Yeah, they probably start foxtail. Right, let's, 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 let's switch. Start bench and cut uh, with, with just coffee in general. How many, how many, how many coffee drinkers? Just first off, how many coffee drinkers do I have in here? It's like everybody. Like, like I am virtual schooling my kids. I am addicted to coffee. I'm not actually virtual schooling my kids, but I was, I was speaking for you. Uh, hot, how, how many, how many people love your coffee? Hot, hot, real hot, like like McDonald's in the '90s. Hot, you know what I mean? Too soon. Some of y'all get that later. Hot coffee, I love, I love, I love, personally love hot coffee. I gotta let it sit for a couple of minutes because I, I, I like to taste things after I drink my coffee. And so I'm a hot coffee drinker. How many, how many cold brew people do we have in the house? Cold brew, great. How many of you just like it, just nasty, just room temperature, lukewarm? Okay, you're gonna be really offended in just a second because I, I wanna correlate this with scripture. God, God, is, God is mobilizing an army but, but he says something in Revelation 3, talk, talking to one of the churches there. He says something very, very important. And I really feel like this is for uh, this season of the, the church, uh, at least the, the American church, that, that one, of the, one of the gifts that is happening in this tough season is that God is really separating uh, uh, the, 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 tr the true church or the, the true believer. He's really making it, making it harder to be a Christian in, in America. He's making it harder to operate as a church. And I really think it's fulfilling this word in Revelation 3. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of your mouth. And that's what we do with like a, a lukewarm cup of coffee. You're like, this is kind of turned. This is a little bitter. Like when it's hot, it's good. When it's cold, it's good. When it's lukewarm, you're like, this is not how it's intended to be. And you need to catch that today, church. We're talking about a church mobilized, the, the body of Christ, the, the A team, the, the army that God is building. It's hot or cold. Like you're either in or out. Let me say it this way, there is no bench. You're either, you're either not on the team, you're, you're lost, and that's why we exist, to reach people, we'll talk about that in a second, or you're on the team and you're, you're starting, you're in the game. We have to be in the game. In fact, if, if anything's been cut in this season, it is the, the consumer Christian. Because it's about us and it's about what, what we need. And in this season, you know, we don't have all the programs and we don't have all the options. Like we really are just love God and love people. Like, like gather and worship and then go out and serve and reach. It's a little bit different. 
What are we starting? What are we benching? What are we cutting? We're called to be hot if you are a believer. And if you're not, then we can identify you as somebody who does not know Jesus, and that's our whole purpose to, to reach you. But we're called to be hot or cold if we're going to be a church mobilized. God is calling his army. That's what I want you to write down. There. He, he is calling his army. We are, we are in the end times or the, the spirit of the end times. We talked about it this summer that we're not necessarily living in the end times, but the spirit of the end times is prevalent in our society and in our world. And so we, we now more than ever realize that we have a, a real enemy that we are fighting. That's why it's important for us to mobilize as God's army. Let me remind you last week, and we'll go a couple more verses into it. Ephesians 6, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Like we're in a spiritual battle, so we need to, to view it through a spiritual lens. And we need a, a spiritual armor. Then we can, we can stand firm. But you, you cannot accomplish all that God is calling you to accomplish. We cannot mobilize and advance. You've got to hear this today. We cannot do that alone. The armor was not meant to be fought with alone. Let's go through it. You have the helmet of salvation. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You have the belt of truth and the shoes of peace and the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. But if you are alone, you're still vulnerable. You're still vulnerable to an attack from the side and from behind. You are meant to do life in an army, on a team. I will build my individual. It's not what Jesus said. I will build my church because we're meant to do this together. And Paul was writing in captivity, and he's got a Roman soldier outside of his place. He's in house arrest. So he's making this illustration of this full armor because he knows everybody that's reading it in context will know what he's saying. So when he talks about this, this, this garb or this uniform, he's very, very practical to what's going on in the Roman Empire. And what would happen in the, the Roman Empire is they were taking over the world. You know why? Because their, their tactics and their skill and their plan was so much, uh, so much further beyond and, and, and than anybody else's. And one of their most famous formations, if you study history, is the tortoise formation. This shield of faith was, was a, a two-foot wide uh, by four-foot tall shield, huge shield. They would set it down, and the second line would come over the top and guard the top. They'd have a back wall and a side wall, so they would form this, this turtle shell or this tortoise formation. They would advance, open up, strike, come back together. Advance, open up, strike, come back together. There was power in them being together. And then what would happen, what would happen to this, this army is because they were so much more uh, advanced than anybody else, people could not defeat them. That's why it says the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts or the fiery arrows of the enemy because the enemy who could not penetrate this tortoise formation would begin to coat their spears or their arrows in tar. They would th uh, fire those into this formation or around this formation hoping that they would distract the Roman army to let down the formation. 
So when they were distracted, they were vulnerable. And my question to you today, church, is, is what arrows are you allowing to distract you from the mission that God has put you on? Like, is it, is, it the, is it the fiery dart of gossip that's got you over here, like, talking about what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is posting and what everybody else is believing? Did you hear what so-and-so said about this, this current situation or this current cultural deal or this political deal? I just don't know about them. I don't know if you can be a Christian and think that way. I don't know if you can be a Christian and vote that way. I don't, I don't know about all that, Pastor. I don't know that you, we've allowed the distraction, the dart of gossip or, or maybe division. Or fear, and that is the epidemic, is fear. More than anything else, the enemy is using fear to isolate and control and to get us against each other. What if it's deception? The, the, the dart of deception, we are in a deceptive world. I don't know if you know this, but everybody's got an agenda. No, uh mm 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 Not my news outlet. That, they're the true news outlet. They ain't. When there's money to be made and power to be had, you, you ain't getting the truth. The truth is in the Word of God. And that, that's why, we, that's why we, have, we have an upper hand. Like, we don't, we don't have swaying truth. We don't have facts built by emotion. We have the living word of God and the mission to be fulfilled. But we're distracted by all of these things. But we have a clear mandate. We have a clear enemy. And if we believe the Bible, heaven and hell are reality. And people are going to spend eternity somewhere. And once we have received Jesus, our whole goal is to advance in such a way. Because you need to hear this today. That if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've joined this army, if you're mobilized, the enemy can no longer destroy you. He cannot. But he will spend the rest of your life distracting you. And the distraction may not destroy you, but it may keep you from advancing and lead to the destruction of others because you have been distracted by trivial things. And it's not just the darts anymore. And this is the tragedy in the church is it's not even the enemy that's distracting us. We're distracting ourselves. I've got a shield and I'm called to protect and I'm called to honor and I'm called to follow Jesus and faithfully advance except I'm looking at my brother or my sister in Christ and I'm saying, you know what? As I put down my shield, as I take my eyes off of my enemy, as I take my eyes off of my goal, I say, you know what? I don't like how you hold that shield. I don't like what you believe about that or what you think about that. You know what? I'm not fighting with it anymore. Now we're vulnerable and they're vulnerable and we are no different than anybody else. We have broken formation over trivial things and God is saying, no, heaven or hell in the balance and my people are doing petty infighting instead of engaging the enemy. It's quiet here because I'm stepping on your political toes. Talk about that in a second. You ain't ready for that yet. <laughs> Our fight is not against one another. Our fight is against the real enemy. We have a real goal and we have a real enemy and God is calling us to, to mobilize. And, we, and we, we, we need to be a part of it. There's safety in this formation. 
Remember that whole, that whole deal, speaking of, of politics or America, remember that whole Uncle Sam deal, like, like we need you. Remember that one? Well, that's not actually, that's not, that's not biblically correct because God doesn't need anything. But, but, but you need this. Like you need this, this, this formation. You need this, this thing that, that, that Jesus is building. You and I, we need it. We need to be a part of it. We need to find our place in it. And action churches, we're, we're building an army. How are we doing that? Sundays and outreaches, that's the recruiting phase. That's the recruiting office. I'm your recruiter. I'm calling you into the army. Next is basic training. Not quite as tough as basic training. We do that through action steps and groups. We recruit, then we put you in a, in a training, in a, in, a, in a plan, in a discipleship process, all to get you to a point where you join the A-team and we actually live out the Great Commission. Because yeah. we are a spiritual army, but you gotta catch this. It's with a specific mission. It doesn't change. Let's go to Matthew 28 and look at this, this mission, this great commission that we're on with Jesus. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority, everybody say authority. authority. Like all authority. Not some, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That means Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Jesus is superior to everything. As we begin talking about this, you'll see why his perspective and filter is so much more important than that of the world. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Notice it doesn't say go and form opinions about everybody that believes differently than you. Go and make division. Go and create fear. Go and complain. This is go and make disciples. Like That's our only job, to get in this formation, to, to armor up, and then to advance to make disciples. Like That's it. Like Jesus knew we were not brilliant. So he didn't make it complicated. All authority's been given to me, I give it to you, go and make disciples. Jesus, what about, go back to point one, go and make disciples. Hold on, you gotta catch this. Go and make disciples of all people who vote the same way I do. Of all people with the same background, same denominational preference, same skin color, same economic background. No, all nations. How can we reach and connect? How can we make disciples of all people if we spend our time ostracizing and dividing people? How? You can't. We can't advance and reach all people if we leave people out of that process. We talked about it last week. People are not the enemy. People are the, the mission. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's, that's just the church we're gonna be. You're like, Pastor, I need you, I need you to pick a side. No, we're gonna pick people. Why? Because I've been commanded to obey all that Jesus said. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and your mind and love others as yourself, like all people. He'll sort them out at the end, guys, so we can, so we can stop. We can stop playing God and judge and jury in every situation. Oh, man. And love people. Well, what about just love, just love people? Make disciples. Go back. Make disciples, love people. Make disciples, love people. And surely, 
I missed this. I missed this for a large portion of, of my faith journey. But this is so important. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He says, and I am with you. So he's connecting what he just said. So, so Jesus is with you, his, his authority, his power, his presence with those who are in formation advancing the cause of Christ. He's with you when you're going. He's with you when you are with him and working with him and following him. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And it says, I am. And I was just texting one of our leaders in between services. I am with you always. All throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God refers to himself as I am. You know why? Because he is everything you need in every situation. So how do I get through this season? How do I get through this election? How do I get through this division? How do I get through this pain? I am. I am is whatever you need. You need clarity. He is it. You need peace. He is it. You need power. He is it. We, we've made this thing more about us and more complicated than it needs to be. He just said, I've given you the power. I've given you the authority. And I am with you. It just changes the game. It changes our perspective. So how do we, how do we mobilize? How, how are we going to build this, this army? First off, you need to get this. It's based on a revelation of Jesus. It's based on a revelation of who Jesus is. Acts 2 says, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. That Jesus is the one and only Son of God. That he lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death in your place. And that he is risen from the grave. He's risen. That Jesus is everything that you need. You know, Jesus gets crucified. Here's the story. And he gets everyone back together. This is where we find the Great Commission right here. He gets everybody together. There's about 120, so the 12 had grown to 120. And he reveals himself to them that he has risen from the grave, that he have a revelation that this is the Christ, this is the Messiah, that he, he did what he said he was gonna do. Wouldn't, wouldn't that just be a great example to follow? We could stop there. Like, what if, what if as believers, we, we, we believe the Bible, we did what it told us to do, and we just did what we said we were gonna do? Like, how much more influence would we have? But he, he reveals himself to them to, to show them, and then, then he commissions them. And you remember, this is funny, let's just take a break, because I, I love reading the Bible. I, I think Jesus would have loved Action Church. I just, I just a firm believer, he may not have been skinny jeans and LeBron wearing pastor, but I think he just, he, he made fun of Peter, and he, and, he, and he threw over tables, he had a little righteous anger. I just, I love, and, and I think he, he, he plays a joke here. He says, he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And he says, bow your heads, let me pray over you. And as they close their eyes, he lead them in prayer, they open their eyes, he's gone. He's ascended. He just said, I'm with you always. And they're like, that, he, he's a liar. Where'd he go? Like, he closed, they closed their eyes and he was gone. It's like some of you at the end of service, when I say every head bowed and every eye closed, you're like, we're out of here. I gotta beat everybody to lunch. I know this is the most important thing we do. We actually did everything to get to this point, but I really got that, I got a good parking spot. I'm out of here. I backed in, I showed up late, I left early. Every. <laughs> That's funny. Come on. Come on. You're just not laughing because I'm talking about you. <laughs> and you're still going to leave in about 11 minutes when we close our eyes. You're like, it wasn't me. I got lunch reservations. 
<laughs> I'm with you. Then he, then he left. Here's the crazy thing. He, he left it up to us. He said, I'm giving you all authority. I'm giving you all power. I'm going to give you this gift called the Holy Spirit to empower you. But, but he's like, you're going to do more than even I could do. And, and I'm not so sure that I would have trusted me or you with this commission, with this mandate, with this advancement. But he said, I'm leaving this up to you. That's why you have a part to play. If it was not important and if you were not his first choice, he would not have left it up to you. What are you doing with the gifts he gave you? How are you fulfilling your position? based on revelation of Jesus. The second thing, it's, it's fueled by an experience with Jesus. It's fueled by an experience with Jesus. The difference, the difference in the gospel, <clears throat> the difference in Christianity is just so much more than just great teaching. That Jesus lived it out. And the miracle of the resurrection is not just figurative or symbolic, it's real. That our central figure of our faith did not just provide a great knowledge transfer, he provided a power and an experience that could change everything. How do I know it's so much more than knowledge transfer or teaching? Think about when Jesus died. Like he died, and, and how many of his followers were there with him? The crowd was yelling, crucify him. So obviously his teachings were landing on deaf ears at some point. The disciples were hiding. But here's how I really know. How many people, what was the crowd? You know, he fed 15,000, and he did all the miracles. How many thousands of people were gathered outside of his grave to mourn the teacher? Not one. A few ladies came to, to check on the grave a few days later, but there wasn't a crowd mourning the great teacher. The movement, the crowd, the gathering, the cause of Christ began to spread when he rose from the grave because it's not a knowledge transfer that changes lives. It is the power of the resurrection. The early church did not grow based on the teachings of Jesus, although they're phenomenal. They grew on the fact that he did what he said he was gonna do, that no man had ever lived perfect, died in your place, and then rose again. It's so much more than an institution or a set of rules and religion. It is an experience with the living God that you and I can have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Philippians says this. Let me read it to you. Some of you are like, well, I'm not going to leave early if you get done on time. I want to know Christ. I need you to hear it. it's so important to know Jesus and, and know his teachings and know the word of God. I'm not saying that, 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 it's, that it's mutually exclusive. It's not, it's not either or. It's both and. But we need to know Christ, but this is so important, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. People can argue about a doctrine, but people can never argue about an experience. I don't believe what Jesus said. Well, the 120 said, I don't care what you believe. I saw him. I saw him die. 
and I saw him resurrected. And it was the witness, it was the eyewitness testimony of 120 people that saw Jesus, that changed the world and changed the game for humanity because they said, I don't care what you believe, I don't care what you know, I saw Jesus. And if you and I will really see Jesus, we will start seeing people and situations in a different manner. We will see them through the eyes of love and grace and forgiveness. And I don't know, benefit of the doubt. The enemy's trying to divide the church right now because heaven and hell are in the balance. This is so much more than a every four year political game. This is so much more than what meets the eye. It's a spiritual battle. I'm just calling our church to, to see it through the lens of the scriptures how Jesus would see it. And I don't know how you've done in studying church history and the Bible and, and Jesus' life, but Jesus didn't fit into the political system. They tried to force him to build an army and overthrow Rome because there was Injustice, and there was abuse of power. And he said, I, I, I didn't come to fight the things of this world. I came to fight for people's eternity. I'm just saying, if, if Jesus majored on the main thing, which was salvation, I'd just like to be a church that prioritizes people's eternity over our temporary personal opinions. Say, Pastor, what about, I am not talking about issues, I'm talking about people. I trust your relationship with God to figure out where you stand on issues, but as a church, we're gonna mobilize because heaven and hell are in the balance. And that's what we're gonna be held accountable for. There's no B and C to the Great Commission. Let's go and make disciples. I'm not gonna get distracted. We're gonna make disciples. We're gonna gather and we're gonna mobilize because a lost, dying, and hurting world needs to meet our Jesus. Last thing I want you to write down is that this army it's fulfilled by a meeting with God. And we're all gonna meet God one day. And hopefully, if we've trusted in Jesus, we'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But I want you to leave with today a church mobilized to hear, well done, you actually have to do something. And so let's get off the bench if we're lukewarm today. Let's begin to start living on purpose, mobilized 
for the cause of Christ. Would you bow your heads at all of our locations, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this great commission that you trusted us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But you made us a part of what you're building. We thank you for it. I pray that we would honor you as a church and how we lead through adversity and how we love all people the way that you do. Church, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity right now. We talked about a revelation of Jesus. And I believe today dozens of you had that revelation. A revelation that you need a savior, that your sin has separated you from God and that you need to make it right today. The Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to you even right now, your need for him. He did all of the the heavy lifting, the hard work, but there is something we have to do. It's called a, a step of surrender. We have to give him access to all of us. What if you did that today? You trusted him with your life and with your eternity. Others of you, it's a, it's a moment of recommitment where you recommit your heart to him and you say, I played this religious game, but I, I wanna have an experience that changes me. I'm going all in. I am fully surrendering all of me to everything he has for me. Through all of our locations, if you wanna be counting that prayer, giving your life to Jesus today, making a decision to follow him for the first time or for the first time in a long time, would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus today. I need I need him to reveal himself to me even more. I need an experience with him. And today is my day of salvation. I got hands up all over here at Winter Park. Come on, Sanford, South Orlando, in your home right now, wherever you're worship, wherever you're worshiping, watching. It's awesome. Right, dozen hands up here. Proud of you. You can put them down. Just pray the simple prayer. In your hearts, I pray out loud. Say this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, and I'm saved only by your grace. And I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord. And I'm giving you that place today, complete and total control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us, all of us today. We would trust you. We believe in you. Holy Spirit, just put a filter of compassion and mercy and grace over our church. We'd seek to understand We'd seek to care and to love. Full of integrity, full of character, consistency in Jesus' name. Let us continue to grow into the church that you're building and that you're returning for. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Action Church, can we celebrate the dozens of decisions? Come on, really celebrate. I'm so proud of you.